And I'm like, this is a really interesting model. And I liked it, Cody, because I said, hey, I'm from Mexico. I bet I could build a team uh, with folks back home and I could find a way to work from home, which is ultimately what I wanted to do, right? Because, you know, we, my, both my wife and I are originally from Mexico and we want to move back here, right? Yeah. But, you know, like, hey, man, I really like the lifestyle that, you know, li- working in the U.S. gives you. Right? It's like amazing, right? And like, I really don't want to give that up and, and like start from zero in Mexico. So I said, is there a way? And I, I didn't know this, you, you, you know, like, like Steve Jobs would say, you don't, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only do it looking backwards. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host Cody Laughlin. I have a special guest today. I have Gus Munoz Castro. Uh, He is a former Microsoft senior engineer, um, was Corp, uh, heading away down the corporate tunnel and had a mindset shift. And then what does he do? He goes out and he starts a real estate firm, makes it an inside sales firm somehow, and uh, has a, uh, a virtual company that we're going to dive into today. Uh, also has a couple uh, young kids. And, um, and so we're going to dig into what his future thoughts are, how he's going to teach them about money and, and how he's going to be a money talker in the future. So Gus, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Cody. Great to be here. Awesome, man. So uh, let's let's hop in quick. And I I'm you know I like to talk a little bit about a, a background um, with guests because I think it helps give a good perspective about where you are now. And then I want to talk about how your journey was where you got right. And so um, give me a little bit of uh, how did you end up becoming a software uh, engineer at Microsoft and what was that like? Yeah, great, 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 great question, Cody. Yeah, and so you know I, I always can kind of geeky. I was good at math. You know, I was, you know, one of those kids that, uh, you know, I read a lot. I would read a lot when I was a kid. It was kind of weird, you know, it was, I was kind of, I kind of stood out that way. My parents were both teachers, right? So I came from that background, academia. They were both university professors, right? So like academia, reading, hit the books, that's the way to go. When I was like 10, I promised my mom I'd get my master's, my PhD by age, I think it was like 30, you know, I'd be, have all that. She's like, okay, we'll see. We'll see. Let's see if you can, if you can make that happen, right? Um, so, so that was a, a big part of my upbringing. Uh, and when I went to university, uh, that you know, the internet was all the this was like the the late you know '90s, right? So I, I went to school in '99, and it was like it, the 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 you know the internet bubble was being coming huge. Technology was all the rage. Uh, the internet was very young at that time. It was a while ago for people listening. Um, you know, it, it was a, it was a big deal. So I said, Hey, you know, I want to, I want to jump on that wave. You know, I felt that that was like a big thing. 
So I got into computer engineering. That was my, that's what I studied at school. I had never taken apart a computer before. I had never played around with like circuits or anything, nothing at all, right? But I just knew the technology was, was the thing to do. And I better try something around that, right? I didn't want to go into software because I didn't even know what that was about. I said, I'm going to try uh, computer engineering. And, and, and through university, my university, I went to school in Mexico, by the way. I grew up on the border with California. Um, so, you know, I, all, my, all my cultural experience and my family, everything is in, is in California. But I grew up on the other side of the border, right? And I went to school in Mexico, too. So that, that was a big thing. And at my school, uh, you know, one of the a lot of U.S. companies would come and recruit people, right, out of the engineering program. And one of the companies that recruit was Microsoft. And I'm like, hey, I know them, right? They sound pretty like a pretty awesome company. And by that time, I was, you know, further into my, into my major, I realized I didn't like computer engineering at all. <laughs> like, this is like, I'm not a circuit guy. I'm not a, like a hardware guy. I'm a software guy. Like, you know, that's the part of it I like, the, the mathematics around it, the, the logic around it, that kind of thing. Like, that's what I actually like. But, well, you know, this university, is a, it was a private university. It's immensely expensive. I'm going to finish this, and I'm just going to do software on the side, right? Now I'm gonna, anything I do, I'm just going to relate to software. And that's what I did, right? I took robotics classes and circuits classes. In the end, I really liked software. Microsoft was looking for software guys. And, that's, and I got hooked up with them, and they, they brought me to the U.S. And that's how, that's how that story started. That's how I got into engineering from just being kind of a geeky, you know, math, uh, uh, you know, kind of kid. So how long were you there? Microsoft, 10 years. Actually, well, actually more than that, because I interned in, tw in 2002 and I left in 2013. So I started like working at the company in 2000. So, well, you know, 11 years experience starting with internships. Yeah, a couple of internships. I, I was kind of laughing when you said you went to school in 99 because that's when I went to school too. And uh, I was thinking, go. I was thinking about when you're talking about on the internet and I was like, what was that? I think it was called LimeWire. Cause it like, <laughs> you remember Napster and then Napster went down and then there was this like all these like replacements that were terrible. And it was like, yeah, I was trying to remember. Day, right? I had oh, a, my, uh, my school tried to plug all the Napster holes. Cause that's where all the bandwidth, everyone was you know, downloading <laughs> something. Right. It was, yeah. crazy. it was a crazy time. I remember we used to put it and we would download, we would leave in the morning and download like two songs. So it was like a max you could do. And then, you would go to school all day and then you'd come back and be like, oh, they're done. You know, and like if you hit them, sometimes there were the song that you said and sometimes they were just like these terrible, awful remixes. So, uh, yeah, so I just started laughing about that. I haven't thought about that in years. But. Bomb. Yeah, you'd like yeah. to download the latest, you know, top hit. Yeah. And it was not what you expected. I'll just leave it at that. It was not what you expected. That was kind of part of the, it was part of the culture, right? It's part and, of the, the and, and now if my streaming music has any, uh, you know, stops in it, I'm like, come on, man, this thing's slow. You know, <laughs> you have to take an entire day to get one song. But, Absolutely. We, uh, we've come a long way. We've come a yeah. long way uh, uh, since then. But it was the early age of the internet. It was a crazy yeah. feeling, right? We just everyone knew it was going to be big. No one in their wildest dreams imagine what we would be 20 years later right no that's uh it's pretty crazy so that must have been a really good time to be uh in in software and things because you must have been on a, a, being able to see a lot of products coming to market that before 100%. they were there and stuff yeah. um so you're you're there for till 2013 right and uh and 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 what happens like yeah so 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 great question right so you know we're talking about you know a mindset shift you know influences uh, so, you know, I, I, I was doing the job in Microsoft. I was living the corporate life. And again, kid growing up in Mexico, 
you know, my parents are not poor in any, in any way. I was, I, you know, in, in a country like Mexico, I had a very privileged upbringing actually, but you know, we weren't wealthy, but I was, you know, I did much better than most of the country. So I, I felt I came from a really privileged background uh, and, and going to the U.S. and working there, you know, uh, uh, and, and, and growing a company like Microsoft was like a dream come true. What I realized though, is that it wasn't my dream, right? That was like the big thing. It was a dream come true for somebody. It just, I realized, well, this isn't, this isn't really, you know, this isn't really my thing. But again, I, I didn't realize that the next day, right? It took me 10 years to like, understand. I knew by about year five that yeah. like, holy cow, man. I'm like, is this, is this all there is? Is this all, am I using all my talents? Am I really doing something that I, uh, that I should be doing? Because I, 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 I got, you know, six or seven promotions in that time that I was there. And I was going to the next promotion and the next promotion. And corporations are great at that, where they give you a career path like, hey, man, here are the markers. Here are the milestones you need to hit to get the level. You know, I started, you know, people, uh, a little bit too much detail, but you started at level 57, 58, and then I went up to level like 63, right? So I was like, hey, man, the next level, the next level, the next level. And, and, and as, so, as so they I, like, they, uh, they almost gamified it. It's, it's like gamification, 100%, yeah. <laughs> 100% like that, right? And, and, and they want to give you the next thing to aspire to. And, and at some point, that stopped being motivating for me. Yeah. It stopped being enough. Because each level was more money, more responsibility, better stock options, more compensation. It's like, man, you know, and, and corporations like Microsoft always want to spread out your compensation. Hey, man, here's $100,000. Great job. Yeah, well, you know, it's spread out over five or six or seven years. I mean, you'll get a little bit of it every year, but and then, and then they add up, right? So once you're in year 10, you've got 10 different packages you're getting paid on every year. So the really? compensation to stay there, yeah. uh, there's a huge motivation for you to stay there, right? They really want you to stay, um, you know, and, and, and it's a great career. It's a great company too. I don't, I never want to, you know, bash Microsoft. It's a great corporation, great, great place to work. High tech is a great field to be in, but it took me a while to realize, man, this is an amazing job, but this is just not for me. This is my, not my thing. It's not where I can use all of my talents and my wife, uh, who, you know, who I met in Mexico in college and then moved, moved to the U.S. with me, uh, she came from an entrepreneurial background. Everyone in her family, from her grandma on down, ha was self-employed, had their own business, had like a, you know, wasn't like, they had like, they grew, you know, avocados, they had avocado orchards. They just did their own thing. This was, this was expected, right? Like, you know, it was weird to have like a job. It was, it was kind of strange. And I thought that was like from Mars. It just seems like a really weird uh, background uh, to have, right? And she started putting little bits of information in front of me. Like, hey, you should read this book. You know, we talked about it before, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She put that book in front of me when I was 19, right? And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. What's a funny name for a book? I'm like, that's, ah, this doesn't look like, and you know, the cover looks a little salesy. It looks a little, you know, uh, uh, like not something my parents would read at all. Like yeah. self-help. Self, they're like, you know, again, from academia, you know, a little snobbiness, a little intellectual snobbiness of like, oh, self-help books, Ooh, you know, like to the side. Um, <laughs> and, and I read it because, you know, my wife put it in front of me, yeah, man, you're, 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 you're in college, you're going to do what, you know, what they ask, right? So I'm like, hey, I will read this book. And it was like ground shifting, right? It was like, you know, like, holy cow. Again, I, I was a critical thinker, right? When I saw something that didn't make sense with what I saw in reality, I was like, why doesn't this match? And, I, and then in that book, I saw this matches my reality, but man, this is not what I thought it meant, right? You know, the, the attitudes around money, the, the money story that my family, you know, taught me 
had consequences. And I had yeah. never thought those through fully. I had never thought those through fully. And I'm like, well, that's interesting, right? So at, at, at some point in your life, Cody, you kind of have to realize, okay, this is the path that I'm on. I, I, this is the values that I hold. Do you agree with those? Is this a path you want to be on, right? And I think different people face that at different ages. I mean, I saw people kind of make shifts when they were teenagers. I saw people make shifts when they were in their 20s. I'm in a shift until I was 30, right? So I, I, some people get to it sooner than others. But I realized that the path I was on was not purposeful. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't, this is what I want to do. This is who I want to be. And I made a shift. I made a change. Uh, you know, my wife planted the seed. You know, she got licensed as a real estate agent in, in 2008. For people that don't know, huge economic crisis back then. That's the time to be getting licensed. <laughs> <laughs> she was rookie of the year in her office, but she only sold like five or six homes. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was it was pretty crazy time. And by 2010, I got licensed. She got kind of cajoled me into helping her out. And you know, I, I you know, it's it's funny, Cody, because it seems like it's like Im immense introspection. And how did you achieve make that change? The reality is when you're in a position where you're not happy, you start doing things that make you happy. The mm -hmm. difference is night and day. It's yeah. not an immensely introspective process. You don't have to think about it for years. I thought about it for years because I was, it was hard for me to stop doing what I didn't like and start doing what I did like. Cause I always did what I thought I had to do. It was hard for me to do what I wanted to do. It was really difficult for me to make that shift. Well, it's amazing because you're literally living the life of the Rich Dad Poor Dad book when he's got the academic parents, <laughs> he's got the entrepreneurial parents, you've got, you just have a father-in-law instead of the, yeah. instead of the family friend, right? And so, um, <clears throat> when, what, so when you went into real estate, well, you got an agent's license, those things, finally, uh, you just decided to pull the trigger, right? Rip the bandaid off. I'm walking, I'm, I'm, I'm putting in my two weeks. I'm going to go after this thing. Uh, were you successful coming out of the gate? Like, did, or did you, I mean, did you, did you plan like strategically what you were going to do when you left at being an engineer? I kind of have a feeling that you might have. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, <laughs> but definitely. Did it go as planned? Because uh, <laughs> I guess well, what my second I, part I, of that is. I, I planned immensely, immensely. Yeah. And it did not go as planned. So you know, <laughs> not good, right? So originally, you know, uh, I, I gave him my notice. I actually gave him two months notice because I was a manager in Microsoft. You kind of live, you know, a little bit more notice in two weeks. Um, I let him know with plenty of time. I made this shift. I, I, had a, I had a big house. I had the car. I had the, life, I had the engineer lifestyle, like the software, high-tech lifestyle. I moved out. I got a one-bedroom apartment with my wife, and I could – you know, I could barely fit the stuff I wanted to put in that apartment. Everything I put in the storage and I'd say, we're going to hunker down, babe. I mean, we're going to, who knows how this is going to go. I hope it goes <laughs> great, but I'm drop, I dropped my expenses from, and I can't remember the number that I, I was living on less than half of what I was living on before. I said, Hey, we got to make this work. Right. And I'm not going to be choking on a, you know, a huge mortgage payment and huge yeah. car payments and huge, you know, the lifestyle, you know, and, and for people that don't know what that means, I mean, as you, especially if you're a corporate employee making a lot of money, uh, your lifestyle inflates, right? Yeah. You know, your lifestyle inflates to, to match whatever salary you have. And you can very easily be living paycheck to paycheck as you're making six figures a year. I want people to really understand that. You can live paycheck to paycheck, even though you're making a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a year. Absolutely very easy to do if you're not you know if you're not smart with money if you're not intentional about it if you don't know if you don't not careful with what you're doing so i was on that path 
I would say it's even worse. Dogs. I would say it's even worse than that because I feel like you're living on future paychecks. Oh, which yeah. Is oh. When it, which is when you get into trouble, right? Because what you're yeah. doing is you're borrowing, like, and and it's like, oh, I can cover the payment. I can cover the payment. I can cover the payment. And you're racking up the debt on the backside of it because you can cover the payment. What we're really doing is you're spending future paychecks. And if there's ever one of those bumps, those payments are still due, right? And those it, it comes to roost. And I think that's where a lot of people get into trouble as they start borrowing from future future earnings. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, you know, it seems like it's never going to stop, right? It's like, hey, the money's there. It's never going to end. You're going to be fine, and, and you can have issues. Well, I, I self-inflicted that change, right? I said, yeah. hey, I'm downgrading my lifestyle, right? And, you know, the, the biggest, you know, and, and be honest, Cody, the biggest, one of the biggest fears for me was what people were going to think of that. Right. I was going to ask you, like, what, what kind of conversations did your friends tell you? They tell you you're crazy from leaving like this, like cushy software, Microsoft stock option job to go sell real estate. Like, I mean, they must have just been like, what are you, your parents must have just, their heads might have blown off, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> for, for, so my, my parents were actually uh, uh, relatively uh, shocked. They were shocked by it, right? Obviously. Yeah. Did, so um, did you tell them before you did it or afterwards? I'm curious. I told them after it. Afterwards. <laughs> yes, for all the reasons you can imagine. For all yeah. the reasons you can imagine. You know, and 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 there's, and there's a lot of backstory to that too. I don't want to get into that. But you know, yeah, it helped. It helped a ton actually. That, hey, you know, this is done. Boom. We're, we're, we're there. I'm gonna give this a try. We'll see what happens, mom. Don't worry, don't worry about it, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was a, a big part of it. And on, on the friend's side, there was two groups of friends. One of them said, Hey man, that's awesome. Good for you. Good job. And the and my real friend said, "Hey Gus, are you okay, bro? I mean, what the hell are you thinking, man? Are you insane? Are you? Do you can you still tell them no? Like you want to go back? Because all my friends were in Microsoft. Everyone yeah. I knew was in Microsoft, right? Yeah. Um, or, or in techno in high tech in that in that area. And like Gus, are you are you all right, man? Holy cow! And you know, and and I think the ones that didn't talk to me were like that guy just probably was going nowhere that's we got fired didn't want to tell us he got fired. I mean, something like that right i'm sure i'm certain of it oh yeah you know but, but you know for for me it was a big leap to kind of not really take that into consideration not let that influence me i i, I you know I, I i cared i've always cared a lot about what family peers you know think of me right so it was yeah. a big mindset shift to go this is i'm taking this one for gus this is what i'm doing for me and my family and this is playing to my strengths. And I'm going to start from, in a lot of respects, Cody, starting from zero in a lot of aspects. I'd been in the industry 10 years, college graduate. I had my master's degree at that point. I'd done my master's degree. Remember, you know, degree, master's, doctorate by, you know, 30, right? So I, I was on this path and I just dropped it all. You know, I just, I said, you know what? That's interesting. I'm going to start as an entrepreneur. And when you don't come from that background, when you don't have that experience as a teenager, as a 20-something, you're starting from zero, even if you're 33, when I was, I was 32. So you started from a zero and you're going to learn those lessons one way or another. Cause when you're in business, you learn a lot of stuff, right? Some oh, people yeah. learn it at 15, if you're lucky, right. And get some of that experience. I learned a lot of those teenage lessons at 33 and it was a, it was a bit of a, of a rough time at first. Yeah, we got, I got some, I, I, I did it at 23. <laughs> first, the first time I've done it 14 times, but I, the first time I did it was 23. <laughs> and it, it went, it went as well, it went really well, I guess the result side of it, but figuring things out was a nightmare. I didn't know how to do anything, you know, literally it was, uh, it was crazy, but um, 
yeah, we, and I think our biggest thing was vastly underestimating the amount of capital that we needed to get started. Ah, hundred percent. We had 100%. one VOIP phone when they first came out. So 2003, oh, wow. 2004, we had a VOIP oh, yeah. phone. So the internet was just getting the internet phone calls. That's the only thing we could, we couldn't afford regular phones. And we had a friend who said, I'll give you this thing. So we had one phone call, one phone that worked and, uh, and five people working in an office on a phone. So we had to take turns, like rotating on the phone. That is crazy. That is crazy. And you know, but, but you get scrappy, right? You're like, hey, you make things happen. You do, you do a lot with a little. You if you, know, so if you don't have resources, you better be resourceful, right? <laughs> that was what it taught me, anyway. As that was the big lesson: was you better learn to be resourceful. You don't need to. You don't need to overspend to do things. So yeah. 100%. Um, but so let's talk about this. So you, you, so you, you uh, up and left, and now you've now you're running a company where you have a real estate agency, right? With inside yep. sales agents, is that? What is that? Well, I don't. I, I first started as a real estate agent with my wife. We ran a team together as retail real estate team, right? We started as, as a you know, husband and wife team. We grew that to a team of five people. And I added the inside sales role to that team. That was my first experience with it, inside sales. And, and for folks that are familiar with that, inside sales refers to like a, a telemarketing role. Uh, folks that are in your team, they don't, they, it's a called inside because they don't go out and sell real estate. They're not out meeting people. They're not out showing homes. It's inside the office making calls uh, and, and making deals happen, uh, contacting, you know, inbound leads, uh, prospecting for business. So it's a, a phone heavy position uh, and it's part of a real estate team. Gotcha. Okay. And so um, it, it, you kind of pick that up out of necessity, it sounds like, and just to say, okay, well, uh, and this is kind of one of the things I've always done is, is lead generation and lead conversion is works in every single industry. So oh, yeah. if, any, if you've never worked the phones, I couldn't encourage it more as a young person because you start to really learn how to sell and talk to people. And, and if you talk to enough of them, the training comes along with it, right? And yeah, so, uh, 100%, 100%. Um, and so you started building this thing. And so what, what happened? Yeah, so I, I hired for this role uh, within my real estate team, you know, and I hired a lot of folks. And, that, and one thing I, you know, the, the, like the light bulb went off, right? You know, because in this, in this time, and this, is, this must be 20, you know, early 2015 at that point, I'd been out of Microsoft for two years. I had, you know, done like I think two or three projects at different businesses at that point. Uh, in addition to real estate, you're trying to find, you know, kind of, because real estate was awesome. But I'm like, okay, this is great. This, it's a lot of work too, right? Yeah, there's, there's definitely a, a tough business and we were a, a top performing team. But I'm like, okay, what is really like the, okay, I'm, 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 you're, you're trying things out. You're looking for what the right fit is. Real estate was a better fit for me than Microsoft. But I'm like, okay, within real estate, real estate is huge. Are, yeah. are we going to do sales? Are we going to do empire building, build an organization? Are you going to do training? Are you going to do coaching? There's a lot of things even within real estate you can further specialize in. I was trying everything, right? Um, and I really liked this role, the inside sales role, uh, because, you know, one of my coaches uh, had built a team around like a large inside sales agent team. And, and I learned from him, you know, and we did like one-on-one -on -one sessions. I, he taught a class that I took and I was like, wow, this is really interesting, right? You've done something really amazing. And they wanted to replicate that. So I'm not going to say this is a brilliant idea from Gus, but I found <laughs> a really smart person and I learned from them and I got an opportunity to work with them. I visited their office. I read their book. I, I talked to them one-on-one -on -one, and I'm like, this is a really interesting model. And I liked it, Cody, because I said, hey, I'm from Mexico. I bet I could build a team 
uh, with folks back home and I could find a way to work from home, which is ultimately what I wanted to do, right? Because, you know, we, my, both my wife and I are originally from Mexico and we want to move back here, right? Yeah. But, you know, like, hey, man, I really like the lifestyle that, you know, li- working in the U.S. gives you. Right? It's like amazing, right? And like, I really don't want to give that up and, and like start from zero in Mexico. So I said, is there a way? And I, I didn't know this, you, you, you know, like, like Steve Jobs would say, you don't, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only do it looking backwards. Mm. It, only, it only makes sense when you look back and you connect the dots. I had the experience of building teams and managing people from Microsoft. I had dipped my toe into real estate. I understood the business. I was a top performer, top performing salesperson. And it is about working the phones. Uh, and I, real, I found this inside sales agent role. And I said, I am from Mexico. There's really talented English-speaking folks in Mexico. I bet I could build a team there. And I could service my real estate business in the U.S. And I could actually move and, and be, work remotely, right? Um, and and I, I connected that. I made that, 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 that. And it was 2015. And I started a new company. I still had the real estate team, so everything on the side. All these things always happen at once, right? The entrepreneurs are like that. Like, hey, let's try the, let's try the new business here. Let's try new business there. Um, a ten, a ten year overnight success, right? T- yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, it, it is, and, and you know, and I, you know that those two years, ups and downs, like crazy. Uh, I was supposed to stay in that one bedroom apartment for like six months. It ended up being like a three year lease, right? Because you know, hey, things things change, right? You never know what's going to happen. Um, but you uh, 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 adapt and adjust and you, and you keep moving forward. And for me, Cody, the big thing for me, to be honest with you, because it is a roller coaster. It is a roller coaster. Yeah. You have good months and bad months, especially when you're starting out. You have, no, you have very little cushion, right? So you're like, man, a bad month can wipe you out in a lot of cases, right? For me, the thing that helped me, I am a risk-averse person, right? Mm. A risk-averse person. I'm not like some kind of like trailblazing, amazing you know, person. I understood that about myself. The thing that I realized was if everything fails, if I go to my bank account goes to zero, right? Literally, for me, that was failure. If I have zero money to pay the rent on this apartment or go to the groceries, one, you know, I can always go back to Microsoft. That was my, that was my, my mental, you know, hack, my, my, my kind of trick that I used to say, that is the absolute worst outcome. And I knew enough people in the company, someone would hire me, Cody. Or, or, and I knew at that point, this is years later, I knew people at Google, at Facebook, at Amazon. So worst comes to worst, I'd have an entry-level job at one of the best companies in the world. That was the worst case outcome. The yeah. worst case outcome. I, I, I want to touch on that because like, um, that's a big deal, what you're talking about, is that when people are willing to pull the trigger and willing to take the risk, that they think, oh, what, ha- what, what happens if I fail, right? What, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. What happens if I fail? Everything will go bad. Like, you really need to stop and just say, okay, what is literally the worst thing that could happen, right? And if you're okay with that, and whether that's either filing bankruptcy, right, or, uh, you know, going, to, going back to a career that you didn't love, right? Something that those lines are like having to, having to, you know, downsize your lifestyle, do those kind of things. Like if you can realize like, okay, this is the worst. You can drop the worry and the worry is what holds back most people from being successful in my mind. Because uh, as I talk to high achievers and I talk to people who have had massive success, a lot of the times that they, uh, that I find that I see patterns with things is they make decisions and then go 
right? Like they drop the worry. Like you can't continue to re-question your decision-making because when you, when you get there, you got to make it with the best information you got because you got to find what doesn't work and you got to figure out if it does work. But if you don't make a decision, you don't figure out anything and you kind of get stuck. And a lot of people do that. And then they start just slowly. And then the worry piles on top of them, you know? Yeah. And absolutely. It, absolutely. I agree with that. And it holds you back from being successful, you know, and my mind is that like, you've got to be able to just say, okay, I'm going and then just run as fast as you can in the direction, whatever direction you picked. And if it wasn't straight to a brick wall, then pick, then pick a new direction, <laughs> but yeah. at least go, you know, because like you were talking about what's, what's holding me back from being able to take this leap. You're like, well, worst case scenario, wasn't that bad. Right. And so yeah, let's absolutely. do it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cody. I mean, life is a gift, right? You know, I didn't yeah. want to reach 65. Oh, here's an, I mean, a small tidbit, but I think it's important. One thing that helped me make the leap to be really honest with you, my mom was diagnosed with dementia at 65, man, 65. Rough. And I'm like, it, it, and I was still at Microsoft at that point. Right. And I was like, okay, bro. I, I think I might have 50 more years to make a decision and change things. Life is a gift, Cody. Today's yeah. a gift. Tomorrow yes. too, right? It's like, are you going to make the choices and, and try out what you want to try out now? Or are you going to wait until you retire at 65? Because there's no guarantee there either, right? That after at 65, you're going to go, okay, now what do I, what do I want to do with the rest? I, I did my corporate duty. I'm retired. Boom. Let's go. That was no guarantee. That helped kick me in the pants and go, seize the day, man. You want to be 65 and say, I tried it and failed? Or you want to be 65 and have the regret of never even giving yourself a chance to succeed. Never having bet on yourself. I never I wanted to be the guy that died with great ideas. The die, <laughs> die, exactly. Exactly. Right? You know, <laughs> and as I talk to a lot of folks that are older uh, and I read books about people that are older and I read, have that experience, regret is a tough one when you're older. It's a, it's, it's a killer, right? It's like, man, if I would have asked that girl out, man, if I would just quit Microsoft and done tried something on my own, I bet I could have made it. I bet I would have figured it out. That is tough, Cody. And I said, you know what? Screw that, man. I'm like, I'm, if I'm going to crash and burn, I'm going to crash and burn. Come back with my tail between my legs and start from zero. And I, and I, and I kind of lost the fear. And you're right. Worry is a huge part of it. Yeah. And I'm going to add one thing to that, which is fear of judgment. Yeah. Which was the big thing for me. It wasn't a, going to zero in my bank account. Wasn't, I mean, I just, it was just me and my wife. I'm like, ah, what's the worst that could happen? But it was the perception of failure that was the big thing holding me back. Do you know that that is one of the main reasons I started Money Talkers and one of the main things that I feel um, compelled to keep pushing this envelope is because if parents, if we can get this information into our young people, um, you were fortunate at 32 to you know be in that position, but a lot of times what happens is as life keeps coming, right? Uh, and you start, you hop in the debt cycle and you start doing the level up thing. Right. And, uh, and then the kids show up and life has just got you more kind of, you got You got to keep paying that. You got to keep getting on that rat race and running faster and faster and faster. If, if we're able to shift some mindset, bring entrepreneurial spirit and, and, and ideas and bring in uh, personal finance and, and successful mindsets into younger people, they see problems differently than you do when you get older, right? And so they can see big problems too, but they don't have things that hold them back from being able to go out and take the big risks to solve the big problems, right? Like your worst case scenario was, man, I have, my bank account goes to zero. 
Well, when your bank account is at zero, but you understand that you don't have any other commitments, you can, I mean, think what, what I just know at, you know, 20, 22, 23, like I did it at 23 and I was like, worst case scenario, I filed bankruptcy. And three years later, I had a million dollar company. Right. So, and I have four of them, you know, and I was like, this is, I can't believe I did this. Now in hindsight, I crashed a year later and was basically bankrupt, <laughs> but, <laughs> but foreclosures, bankrupts, IRS liens, the whole shebang, right? 700 grand in the hole. That's my story. And so uh, I had to go back and relearn all the things I didn't know. But if I had had any kind of money management skills prior to that, <laughs> I would have been, I'd have been so much farther along at that point. Like it would have never happened. You know, and I'm glad it did because it forced me to, I really had to learn what I didn't know, but that idea what you're talking about where you you came up with like what's the worst case scenario for me you were okay with that and so i think a lot of like young people can go out and change the world with solving big problems because their worst case scenario is not that bad at all they don't have anything to lose at all so yeah right? that, that's the phrase let me, let me just jump on that the moment you realize how little you have to lose and the enormity you can potentially gain it's not sure it's not, it's not guaranteed of course not but the, the chance you give yourself to gain and the little you have to lose, Cody, you become free. You're That's it. free. That's You're it. Free. And, and, you know, and, and the audience we're talking about is, you know, folks in the, in the U.S., right? Like, holy cow, right? this is the, the greatest country in the world for entrepreneurship. That's my opinion, right? Um, you know, and this is the golden age of entrepreneurship, right? For, for, for us as a society, I feel that's 100% true. So, you know, if you're ever going to give it a try, then, you know, now is yeah. the time, right? It's, never, it's never been easier. Yeah, it's, yeah, never, been either, it's never been easier. It's never been more information available to you. There's never been more support people out there, right? Between coaches and teachers and uh, just general information. Like, you can go out and get whatever you want. I mean, if you try to do this in the 60s, like, good luck starting a company. How you, where do you start, right? And you're like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> go to the library and read the encyclopedia, I guess. Like, I don't, I mean, how, I don't even know <laughs> where you'd start, right? And so... Uh, nowadays that's, you're, you're completely hundred percent correct. Um, well, so I want to, I want to, I want to get into where, what you're doing now. So, uh, you have, you had the one sales agent, you got down to Mexico, you said, okay, I can think I can transfer this back in and build a business where I can live in Mexico and run a, a, a real estate office of all things in the U S right. Yes. Where yes, was the office 100%. in the U S uh, Bothell, Washington, outside of a suburb out of Seattle, out of Seattle. Okay. So, how many miles? 800 miles? 1,000 miles? I don't even know how far that is. But. 1,000 miles. It's a 20. From my hometown in Mexico to Seattle is a 25-hour drive. What is that? I don't know. That's a, <laughs> it's a way. long way. Yeah, 200 <laughs> miles, it's a long yeah. way. It's a pretty long way. So, um, so. And so you're selling real estate, which is crazy because I understand like if you're doing like e-commerce or something, it'd be one thing, but you're selling real estate 1,200 miles away. Uh, and it goes back to what you said earlier lead generation yeah. and lead conversion is the heart of every business lead generation and lead conversion is the heart of every business so when i moved away from seattle i couldn't show homes anymore i couldn't yeah. go to escrows anymore i couldn't go to the bank anymore i couldn't do all these other things but i could do lead generation and lead conversions that and that's and that's and, and at first i did that for my team and my company and i started a company that did that for other people right so when i started my first team down in mexico i think i hired three people three full-time people down there um, and, and four agents from my office, my, just friends of mine that I talked to about, and I, oh, I was teaching a class about it too. I was, I was, telling, I was like live telling people what I was going to do. Hey, I'm going to do this. You know, if anyone's interested, you know, you can help me out. Right. 
and for the people hired people that I, that I trained in that first group. So I, I even leveraged the risk there. So I'm again, very risk averse guy here. Uh, I had other people pay for half of the project, right? Uh, before, like sight unseen, I hadn't even done it before. So they, boom, I, I was able to, again, the gift of gab, I'm, I'm good at talking, right? I mean, you know, this is something, this is something I didn't use at Microsoft. It's, this is a skill that I was able to use outside in business, right? Yeah. I'm able to motivate, inspire, and persuade folks. That's a gift I have, right? Yeah, you're future casting too, because if you have them 100%. helping you to build the business before you've built, before you've transacted the business, almost like an initial investors, right? Almost like, like, and, and, almost like that, but you're, you but not, but didn't give up any ownership and just had future. You already basically signed your contracts to do business for people so that they built your business. So you could do it like a beta. 100%. 100%. 100%. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that. And actually I hadn't thought about it that way. That's true. Like, you know, yeah, it's like, Hey, you know, uh, invest. It's almost like it was asking them to invest, right? So yeah. invest, invested in me. I had credibility. I had a track record. Um, you know, I just didn't have a ton of money, right? So, hey, let's yeah. just go in there and help me. And, and, and you don't and have I, resources, you get resourceful, right? That's the lesson, yeah, right? That's it. That's it. So, 100%. people say, I can't start a company. I don't have any money. Yeah, go get some clients exactly. to help pay for you to start your company. That's yeah, an amazing exactly. concept. Is, is what you're offering valuable? Yeah. It was valuable enough, Cody, that they would wait two months and upfront the cost. Yeah, the, mar the market valuable. validated it before you put it out to the world. 100%. That's awesome. 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, I took, I took that money. I took some of those advances. I put my own money in there too. I went and started that team and we were off to the race. That was January, end of 2015, January, 2016. So I started that three people in the room <clears throat> with a call center. And then we had four clients in Washington state, plus my own real estate team. And we were off to the races. Fast forward to now that we're recording this in September of 2020. I have 65 employees, full-time employees on salary and benefits, by the way, like actual employees. Um, and I'm, we're servicing 350 different clients in the U S and Canada. So, awesome. you know, pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty, it's been, a, it's been a trip, man. Uh, but, but that, this is now, you know, I was dabbling in a bunch of different things. I was trying different ideas and businesses in 2015. I figured out a really interesting idea and I've got all in, you know, the last, you know, almost five years now into that idea. Right. I kind of dug in and said, Hey, this is an interesting one. I got to put all of my energy and my effort into this. So I, 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 a year later, I handed off my real estate business. I said, hey, okay, I, I kind of gave it, I kind of, you know, it was acquired by another team. Uh, and I went 100% into this, into the inside sales agent business and just helping other real estate agents, uh, real estate teams uh, scale and grow. That's awesome. What do you see as the, uh, when, you, when you have people that are in the real estate world, because I know a lot of people in the real estate world, plus I'm in Florida, we have like 200,000 agents, I think at one point. Um, and so um, where do you see um, that your impact has if somebody's new in real estate or just kind of been like a, is it for anybody? Is it for somebody that needs to be, you know, wants to work 40, 50 hours? Like, what do you guys, where, where do you see the, your market? Yeah, so the, the typical, I mean, our ideal client uh, is a real estate agent that's generating leads online. They're using Facebook, they're using Google, they're using, you know, a, a bunch of different options out there. And, you know, these leads online, again, it's, it's 2020, they expect immediate response. They well, let me ask you this. So when they're generating leads, like what do you see the most beneficial lead generation? I'll put you on the spot, right? So the yeah. most beneficial lead generation position, like are they giving away something or is it training? Is it, what, what do you see that, that really people click? Like what's the one that people click or one or two that people really, oh. really, really will put their information in for? Great, great question. Whether, whether it's Google or Facebook, whatever, you, it's, it's homes. 
because lead generation, you know, for, for, for online lead generation for real estate, it's really geared towards home buyers. It's the, it's the most, it's the best, it's the easiest, the most cost-effective lead to generate online for real estate is a buyer, a buyer lead. Yeah. So what are, buyers what, are the, what are the buyers clicking? Yeah. Homes. Just they like homes. listings. hundred percent. Yeah. It can be a single property listing. It can be typically going to be a list of homes, right? Yeah. Say, hey, you know, Hey, I, I'm click for a free list of homes under $250,000 with a pool, right? In this, in this city, whatever it is. So you gotta, you gotta make it enticing. Gotta make it interesting. But at yeah. the end of the day, buyers want homes or how to buy homes financing options, you know, uh, whatever special programs you've got, you're helping them in the home buying process. But the, the, the buyer wants to see themselves in that property. That's big. Yeah, I'm just curious. I was wondering, because I didn't know there's a lot of different strategies and a lot of different information out there. So I didn't know if people were, um, you know, clicking for uh, guides or if they're clicking for listings or if they're clicking for, you know, uh, trainings and webinars, because, you know, there's all kinds of weird stuff out yeah. there. Absolutely. So. For, for real estate, it's, I think something like 80% of what we run are just homes, a list, yeah. single property listings, homes lists, I think is the overall majority. And there's people that do everything you're saying. I mean, all, mm -hmm. all of that stuff works. It's just hot, you know, the, the cost effectiveness of it and your, your budget and your goals. Yeah. And time, you know, and that's, yeah, uh, and so that's why I, yeah. You might start as a top of funnel lead, like a very early kind of lead with, with maybe a guide or some information or a class versus, hey, go take a look at this house. It's, you get someone in a different part of the process. So I have a question for you because we've got to, we're going to run up against time here. And so I have a question for you because we, we were talking offline. You said you have two young kids. Which parent are you going to be in Rich Dad, Poor Dad? <laughs> so, <laughs> I think about that all the time, right? Because my, my instinct my money story, my, you know, like gut reaction is to be the poor dad. It's like, I'm send the them to, you gotta get super educated and, and super good educated job. Like at a do your homework <laughs> and everything on time and all these books and you know, do, do all those things. Um, but you know, one thing, I, and then, you know, I've, I've kind of, I've kind of shifted, right? I said, no, no, I gotta go counter current Gus. I gotta, you know, be the entrepreneurial, <laughs> break the rules, do what you want. And, and right now, and again, I, I go between those two, to be honest with you, I haven't settled on 100%. Right now, I'm in a phase of, because I have two kids, a, a boy and a girl, and they're very different personalities. They're the like, same thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like night and day, maybe because they're a boy or a girl, but maybe like they're, they're all, they're, our true personality is very different, right? So I'm thinking, okay, I got to watch them for, I, I'm, the jury's still out on what I'm going to, you know, because I got I to watch them further. Because, you know, as I get older, Cody, I mean, you know, success and money and all those things. I mean, yeah, it matters. It's a factor. The real game is, are you happy? Right? As I get older, when I was 20, I'm like, I got to make the most amount of money and get, the, get that doctorate as soon as possible and get the house and the car and right away when I was 20. That was the goal. Now that I'm almost 40, right, and I've got little kids. I had kids a little older in life. I'm like, whoa, the game is like, for example, I, I have uh, my uncle lives in, in Los Angeles, right? never made more than you know a ton of money da, da, da. the guy is the happiest guy i know because every night he has bowling night twice a week he has barbecues and poker nights every weekend and he i mean i'm an entrepreneur he does not work he doesn't have the occasional 80 hour week he doesn't he never will right and this guy is happy as a clam he takes two vacations a year he's got and I'm, I'm like, and I talk to him, I see him, you know, and again, he has a, he has a lifestyle according to his, he lives within his means. He's also yeah. really, really, you know, smart with money in that sense. 
I'm like, uncle, boy, you made it, man. I mean, you made it. You're living the life. I love that. It's oh, all about paradigm, man. It's all oh, about being, um, it is right. And like, you know, it's all about being grateful for where you're at in positions, right? Yeah, That's one of the main lessons I try to, I'm trying to teach my kids is that hundred you know, percent. I don't want so, them. I don't, I don't want them to go into the spoil route, but I want them to be grateful. So we talk about that 100%. a lot, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. I don't want them to be successful. I want them to be, ha- well, sorry. I don't want them to be entrepreneurs. I want them to be happy. Yeah, that's what I actually want. And it yeah. might be the entrepreneurship because I can help them with that. But they might be, it might skip a generation and they're the university professor. And that'd be great too. Man. Yeah, there's it? lots of great paths. It's just there's a there's certain interior traits that uh, I think show up eventually for entrepreneurs, you know, there's a uh, that piece, but I think, you know, I, I, uh, more is caught than taught as well. So you might not be as much as you want to try and tell them academia, you're running your company and doing all your stuff. They're, so. they're going to see it. They're going to see the rich dad. They're going to say, Hey man, they're going to yeah. see what I've done, what I've built. And they're going to, yeah. they're going to, it's definitely going to have an influence on them. And I hope it yeah. does. Actually, I hope it does regardless of what they do. Cause even if they're the uh, university professors, man, they got to have those investment properties. That's right. They got to have that team. Man. I'm going to, I am going to push them to that. Right. I mean, you yeah. gotta be smart, man. I, I, otherwise you're kind of caught. For me, it's uh, it's just about putting the offer to them and they can choose their own path. Right. 100%. I want to, I just want to, I don't want to take away the opportunity that they have the information that, that I see lacking in schools and those kinds of things. And so I want them to know that entrepreneurship is a route. Yeah. The normal, um, corporate world, that's a great route too. education world. That's a great route too. If you want to be a trade, whatever you want to do in your life, I want you to do right. Um, but doesn't Gus, I want to say thanks a lot, man, for coming on money talkers with me. And, uh, where do people find out more about you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they can check out my company website, powerisa.com. It's all together. Powerisa.com or look for power. ISA on Facebook. We have a lot of stuff. We have a Facebook group. You know, I'm pretty active on Facebook. That's the best way. Uh, to reach out to me, would love to continue the conversation with anybody. Awesome, man. Yeah, I know uh, if you're a realtor uh, or know someone that is, that is the biggest, I think, holdback for realtors is catching and converting leads and then doing what you do on the ground for selling the real estate. Because if you've got a bunch of buyers and you've got a bunch of listings, like you're going to be okay in real estate. You'll do okay, right? Yeah, if you got leads and you got buyers and sellers, you're going to do okay, right? That's the main game of the game. So um, listen, thank you again for coming on Money Talkers. I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.